Welcome to the Courageous Entrepreneur Show. This is the show that shares information and inspiration to help you break free from self-doubt, limiting beliefs, and disempowering patterns, and break through to create the thriving, successful business you dream of and deserve. I'm your host, Winnie Anderson. The show features interviews with entrepreneurs who've overcome amazing challenges to create success on their terms and experts who share insight and practical information that can help you break free from your blocks and move forward with courage, confidence, and clarity. The show is available in both video and audio formats in a variety of platforms, including iTunes or Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, in the Google Play Store, on YouTube, and on my website at winnieanderson.com. If you like what you hear, I hope you'll share the show with others, and I hope you'll decide to join my courageous community. You can do that by becoming a fan of the show on my site at winnieanderson.com fans, and when you do, you'll get episodes delivered right to your inbox along with information, tips, and resources to help you consistently move forward to reach your biggest goals. You'll discover how to position and pre-sell yourself as the unique solution provider you are and ultimately to profit from your expertise, all while you build a business in alignment with your faith, beliefs, and values. One of the things we know to be true is that we all want to work with experts. When we've got a problem, no one sits around and wonders, who is the average solution provider who I can get to solve my problem on the cheap? Our first thought is always, I have a problem and I need an expert to solve it. We worry about or how to pay for it later. Our own target audience feels the same way. And in today's crowded online marketplace and even in the noisy offline world, consumers, whether they are other businesses and you're selling in the business to business segment or they're consumers and you're selling business to consumer, people are looking for just the right expert to solve their problems. Now, as much as it might be difficult to put ourselves out there, you know, to make a clear stand, to communicate our point of view, we have to do it. We must do it. Our audience, your audience, is best served by you, not somebody else. Building your brand as a thought leader is an important part of that process. To discuss this idea, I've invited Samantha Riley on the show. She's a speaker, an international business growth coach. She's a number one best-selling author, host of the Thought Leaders Business Lab podcast. She's co-founder of the Global Thought Leaders Network, and she has 25 years of personal experience in building and growing businesses. Today, she helps thought leaders and experts to scale their business so they have more income, more freedom, and make more impact. Listen in as she shares what a thought leader is and is not, three must-haves to help you step into greatness, the challenges faced by those of us who leave corporate life, the problem of comparisonitis and how to deal with it and how to overcome it, a fun idea for making sure that your statement of what you do is clear and simple, three keys to being seen as a thought leader, how thought leadership helps you get clients, and Samantha's best tips for managing the eight strategic actions that we all need to take to grow our expertise-centered business. As always, listen all the way to the end where I'll share your cocktail exercise and action step for this episode. All right, Samantha, I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for making the time. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. I am too. I'm too. So, and this is, this is so great because I loved being on your show, so I'm so glad to, to return the favor. So let's, I like to start with getting everybody on the same page with the lingo that we're going to use. And I know that you work with thought leaders. So why don't you explain a little bit about what your perception and, and your, you know, your view of a thought leader is? Yeah. So I think a thought leader is someone that's got a, uh, an expertise. So they've been doing something for a while. They've got some unique ways that they think about things and they're able to articulate them and share them with others. So I don't think that someone could call themselves a thought leader if they're just starting off in an industry, but uh, the people that I work with, they've been doing their expertise or they've been in their job or their business, whatever it is for a long time. And they've been, you know, as we experience things, we have our own unique take on how they work. Right. Um, so... 
as you would know, you and I do similar things, but we probably go about it in a very, very different way. So it's about yes. getting our thoughts onto paper, being able to explain them and being able to replicate them so that other people can take action on what it is that we teach. Well That's said. my perception of what a thought leader is. Yeah, well said. I once worked with, I, I taught a course and I had uh, an attendee in the course I was talking about positioning and standing out and being excellent and all of that good stuff that thought leaders do. Yep. And although I didn't use that phrase thought leader and she said, you know, can't we just be good? Isn't good enough good enough? And I said, no, actually it's not. I mean, not if you want to charge a premium rate, not if you want to be a magnet to have people come to you and you don't want to chase them. I don't think anymore being good enough is good enough. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad that you sort of differentiated that there. Good enough is fine if that's where you want to position yourself. Right. The people that, you know, the people that you and I work with, they are experts and I believe that they really, you know, they're masters at what they do anyway. They understand growth and mastery. Right. You know, we're always growing and we're not afraid to put our thoughts out there and a year later say, actually, that's not what I believe anymore. Let's change that. Right. Um, and, and by putting those thoughts out there and being vulnerable and sharing those methodologies, we actually get the feedback to help us learn more as well. So I think that thought leadership is about mastery it's about growth it's always about setting the bar higher and higher and higher mm. and the people that want to be good that's fine but they're not going to be creating an impact they're not going to be changing the world they're not going to be doing all these amazing right. things that i believe that we're here on the planet to do yeah so, yeah and i yeah. think that one of the key terms in that is leader i mean yes. leaders you know, they're, they're the visionaries, right? Part of mm -hmm. uh, one of my favorite books, uh, The Leadership Challenge by Jim Cousy's and, and Barry Posner, talks about these criteria that, and things, qualities that leaders share. And to me, the, the essence of thought leadership is visionary, somebody who is trustworthy, somebody yes. who is not afraid to take a stand. Yes. That's really what differentiates, I think, a thought leader from the average Joe. Totally. And, and you're right. It is that leader. And I love Tribes by Seth Godin. It's, yeah. You know, it's such a short little read, but it's punchy. And, you know, it's, it's about us standing for something and being that leader uh, and putting ourselves in the spotlight. There is, you cannot be a thought leader and stand in the shadows. It doesn't work. It's, you know, it, it just can't work. As a thought leader, we need to be able to, and it doesn't feel nice all the time. It's not easy, you know. Sometimes we're really putting ourselves out there, but to step up, step into the spotlight, say, this is, you know, this is my stand, this is my beliefs, and we're, and it's, we're attracting people to us. We're creating this yeah. tribe to move forward and create an impact. Yeah, and as scary as that feels, mm -hmm. it actually is kind of counterintuitive because that's scary to have an opinion and voice it, right? Mm -hmm. Especially today when people are so uh, eager to yeah. push back with whatever you say and think. But really, you're going to attract those people who they agree with you and they really resonate with that message. So as scary as it is, there does come that time when you've got to say, no, this is what I believe and this is what I stand for. Totally. This, I, I can't remember the book, but if I do, I'll, I'll find it after the show and so you can link it up in right. the show notes. But um, the, the author was describing, you know, our, our rise to leadership, you know, that we're, it's like we're, we're coming up the trunk of a tree. Imagine a big oak tree and, you know, we're, we're crawling up the tree and that's us growing and learning and getting our expertise. And then at some point we're like, actually, we've got this unique stand. So we go out into the branch. And, you know, as, as a tree, the branch, you know, it gets thinner and thinner and thinner. And the further out you go, the more the, you know, the branch is bending, the scarier it is. Yeah. This is when most people go back to the safety of the trunk of the tree. But the real leader goes all the way to the end, falls off. But that's when the seed grows and your tree starts growing. And that's I've always right. remembered that metaphor because I think it's just so beautiful because it can be very you know, scary, it can really push our comfort zone to get out there. But when you think, you know what, at one point, 
I am going to start my own, you know, the seed's going to plant, I'm going to grow my own tree. I always think of that at times that, oh, I can't take that next step. I'm afraid. I'm afraid what people will say. No, it's about standing for something and creating something new. Yeah, that's brilliant that you, you use that analogy. Um, I'm a big gardener and I was just <laughs> reading something that talked about the idea of seeds and the plant dying. Personally, I don't think there is death. I think that's a label that humans have yes. made up to try to explain what happens when this is a big mystery. But yep. when you look at plants, they look like they're dying, but really that's where you know, the new idea, if you will, is forming that all those seeds. And if you look in the center of like a, a daisy or a black eyed Susan, they're actually in one flower, there's like a bajillion seeds. So that individual plant, although it appears to be dying, it actually is giving birth to a multitude of itself replicating itself out. So yeah, totally. a lot of analogies and, and, in both of those areas that relate to thought leadership. You know, obviously, you know, this really is uncomfortable. Do you have any strategies that you use with your clients to help them, you know, step into that greatness and really start getting their message out? Totally. There's, I mean, this is such a broad question, obviously, oh, yeah. because we're all different and we're all unique. Right. But you know, there are definitely some strategies. And I would say the, the top things that you really need to do before you start, you know, sharing your message in a bigger way mm -hmm. is really get clear on your legacy. I know that that might sound a bit like, oh, well, why do we want to do that? Because at this, you know, at those times where we're like, I can't go on or we have a troll on, on Facebook or at times where, you know, it might be something happening in your private life that you might separate from a partner or the kids might be sick or whatever it is. You need to have a really clear vision of why am I doing this? What is this all about? Um, because, you know, when you can really tap into why am I here, then you'll, you'll have that impetus to move forward. So that's one thing. Second thing is to be really, really clear on your core values. I think this is such an important piece that I take my clients through right from the beginning. Uh, and again, it's because you need to know what is it that I stand for, what's important to me. When you're in alignment with your values, it's a lot easier to make a decision of actually this isn't right for me or this is right for me. I'm going to move forward. And when we're not clear on our values, they're the times where we're unable to make a decision or things feel wrong in our gut and we right. don't know why. So you know, they're, they're not the sort of the, the normal, I guess, actionable, do this and do that. But those two pieces are really important. Get very clear on your legacy and be very clear on your core values. I've actually got my core values um, right behind my computer on my desk. Awesome. I've had it done by a designer. It's beautiful. Nice. Uh, I, I love beautiful things. It's laminated. It's up there. And it's just a constant reminder of this is what I stand for. Um, even though I know them inside, it's just nice to have it there. You know, my number one core value is love. I think that if we're putting out love, attracting love, it just changes everything. But to have that there as a constant reminder makes it so easy when things don't go right and you get that, you know, that, that moment that we all know yeah. about to be actually like, just breathe. Let's put some love into this. And this wasn't actually about me at all. This is about someone else. Let's give them some love. And yeah. Uh, the other thing that I would say is very important is to have a very close inner circle of, of people around you, not just to help you with the parts of your business, um, you know, like your accountant and, um, you know, your lawyer, right. the, the, the trusted people, but also trusted friends. So these are people that, you know, you can pick up the phone and just go, bleh. Um, they're people <laughs> that will call you out on right. your I'm going to crap, <laughs> you know, yeah. pull you out on your BS stories. Right. But at the same time, they're so close to you. They know the difference between you need to kick up the butt and actually let's give you a hug today because that's what you need. Yeah. Uh, they're people that, that push you and inspire you to think and act and be bigger. Um, and, and uh, you know, they, they're not small thinkers. They're people that, that always support you. So I think that they're the three biggest things yeah. that you need to have 
Um, they're not tools as such, but they're really, really important to have. Yeah, I amen on that. And I'm with you on the love thing. And I love that I love that you have that visual cue so right there because yes. I think we tend to forget, and I know I'm saying this in the middle of a messy office, I think we tend to forget the power of that environment. You know, the brain is always gathering data and, and inputs from the environment that you are placed in. So that's why I think it's so important to surround yourself with beautiful objects, things mm -hmm. that make you happy, that bring you joy, that really yes. do bring you those memories of love and that remind you this is what's important. And because, yeah, we all have those moments when we go, why am I here? <laughs> why am Absolutely. I well, actually, on that, I also have, to my right, two photos. I've got one of my three children. It's my favorite photo of them. They're all, it was a random photo that they didn't even know that we were going to take, and they were all sort of on top of each other and laughing. And I just, and my kids are actually adults now, so it was a great photo. Uh, I have that there, and I have a photo of me and my, my new husband. We only just got yeah, married a, a few weeks ago. Thank great. you. So I have those two photos there as well. So again, it's the visual cue of me sitting there going, oh my goodness, I cannot do this today. Yeah, I can. I'm doing it for these people because these are the people that are really important to me. And I think a lot of people say, you know, you need to be, um, you know, don't do things for other people, do them for yourself. Well, if that works for you, that's great. But for me, I actually am really motivated by making sure that these people that I love are proud of me and that I'm doing right by them and building my business. So that visual cue for me is really empowering. And I guess the, the moral of that little story why I shared is don't worry what other people say. Whatever motivates you, go with that. You're, we're all unique. Just go with what it is right. that feels right for you. Right. I agree. And that, but that is so hard to do, especially for mm. those of us who came from a corporate experience. Yes. You know, I think that after decades, let's face it, after decades of corporate life, I think that, at, you know, I tell people, you really need to give yourself time to detox because at some point you forget what your values really are. You know, it's great when you find a company that is in real alignment with your own values and that you can really be behind and support them. But of course, you know, they're out for shareholder value. You're out for something different. And then you go out on your own and it's like, what in the heck do I even believe? And, and yeah. what's really important to me now? So can, can you talk a little bit about uh, the, this issue and how we can leave corporate life and really start to identify, okay, these are the skills I want to use. These are the things I really believe in. And this is what I want to give birth to in the world. And I wow. know that's a big question too. Yeah, but it's it. such a great question because I know this is something that you and I have chatted about before. When right. people come out of corporate and they've been very successful and they're surrounded by a team and, you know, right. of course there's bad times, but there's also a lot of good times where the team, you know, it's like we get this win and you've got all this support, people patting you on the back, it's great. And what I see is a lot of people leaving corporate and walking out of that, you know, that team environment and almost feeling like they're naked and stripped bare yeah um feeling very vulnerable vulnerable because all of a sudden they don't have that team they don't have the support they don't have you know the person that they can ring and say hey i need this report or i need whatever it is right. you know i don't have a budget anymore um i don't know what i stand for they very much so and i I, from what I've seen, the, the one of the most important parts is to actually sit down with someone and sit down with the right person to help you extract what it is you know. Because a lot of times we do things, you know, it's the things that come to us so easily that we're good at that we don't even realize that it's our thing. That exactly. We're like, oh, doesn't everyone know that? Can't everyone do that? It's those things that, that are our, that's our genius zone. And we need someone else to help us draw that out. That's what I, that's my genius zone is drawing out other people's okay. genius zones. However, I can't do it on myself. I still have someone else ask me the questions to draw it out right. because we get caught up in our head asking this, ourselves the same questions or getting caught up in our own story. We need a different perspective right. of someone asking those questions. So 
yeah, get, get someone to help draw out what it is that is yeah. your genius zone um, and, and what makes you unique in that, that unique standpoint of yours because uh, other, yeah, otherwise it's really hard to tap into it. What is that 10 out of 10 that you're good at? Exactly. And you'll spend years. I got news for you. If you do not do this with a paid professional who yeah. is an expert, sure, you might have some friends and they might be really good at it, but they're still going to have that friendship, right? There's still the emotional attachment to you. To have somebody who is truly neutral, who can really say, look, this, I think this is really your thing. This is really what you're great at. I have, I, I have friends who I watch suffer. I'm like, will you please pay somebody? <laughs> please, yeah. you need to work yes. with somebody. Because yeah. it is, it's, I, I screwed around for years, wandering yeah. in the dark until I, look, I need help and I got to pay to get it. Cause, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. People say that you can find anything on the internet and you can find it for free. I, I actually big believe... I, a big disbeliever in that you'll get a lot of what to do but you won't get any how to do it for free and that's why people that are that are downloading every free lead magnet off the internet every single day they're not getting anywhere because they still don't know how to do it so you'll get the what on the internet but not the how get yeah. professional help it's just if you if you want people to invest in you you need to invest in yourself first. You need to prove to the universe that you're good enough to, to take on being able to look after other people. Yeah, and you know, this issue, even if somebody gave you a roadmap and a compass, you yep. still are going to have questions. I mean, learning is really processing information, right? We are social animals. We were made to be social and, and education and learning often requires processing that involves another person. So yeah. it's the rare person who can read something magical and go, oh, I'm done. I'm, yeah, I'm right there. But even more than that, um, I was actually on a Q&A call with my clients yesterday. And one of the girls said, oh, Sam, I want to thank you so much for really um, forcing me. I didn't force her, but really making me stick to having a Facebook group. So the way she explained it was six months ago, I said, you know, you need to have an audience. There's no point selling to no one. You need to have an audience. Facebook group's the best place to do it. Build a Facebook group. And this was for her unique, what she was selling, right? It, right. Facebook group might not be best for everyone. But, you know, she started off and she said, I just really wanted to give it away. It was taking up a lot of time. It was taking up a lot of headspace. I didn't understand what I was trying to do. I didn't get the outcome. I didn't understand how to converse with my, you know, the people that were coming into the group. Right. She said, but because we just went, keep going, keep going, keep going, I'll give you the next little bit, do this, do this as we go along. And she said, all of a sudden, about this month, she's gone, I get it. It's now turned into a habit where she automatically goes in each morning. She knows what to do. She does it. And she has clients coming into her funnel or prospects coming into her funnel every single day. So she said it was just that, that reassurance to build the habit. So it wasn't just knowing how to do it. It was also having someone there while the habit was created. Exactly. That's exactly right. And, and we get so close with just a few more steps and you'll, you'll do it. I, I did an interview with Mike Michalowicz, who is the oh, this, great, he's such a great guy, right? He's a fabulous guy and a great author. He's got a new book out, but he's a multi New York times bestselling author. It's just fantastic. And, and he really stressed in our interview, change one thing. Don't mm -hmm. just, just, just throw out everything and start all over. And I know it's so tempting when you, when you're, you know, trying banging your head against the wall and feel like nothing is working, working. I'm going to do everything brand new. No, often don't it's do just, it. <laughs> right. Don't do it. It's, yeah, it's either it. just a couple more of whatever's or it's one slight change that you need to make. Yes. It's not the whole throw it all out and start over. No, no. Don't for so many different reasons. But let's not go into that because I'm sure he covered that very well. <laughs> yes, yes. And we go on for hours about that. Let's talk about something else that I think thought leaders especially can struggle with as we're building that 
that whole brand and that positioning. And it's what one person called comparisonitis. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, because of course suddenly we're in the we're in this milieu, right? We're in this environment mm-hmm. where we see everybody doing ev- the same thing we're doing, and that's what we yeah. think it is, the same thing. Or, oh, that person's great, I stink. How, how do you help people deal with comparisonitis? Do you have any tips for that? Oh, this is such a, a, a big thing right now in this world of social media. And I say, it is. You know, I started my business 25 years ago. And it, back then, it was so simple in this way because... We didn't know what anyone else was doing. <laughs> That's right. So it was great. We could just do our thing. And I didn't know if it was right or wrong. And that was right. so good because that, was, that helped me to understand, you know, I'll try this and it either worked or it didn't. I didn't know whether it was right or wrong. Right. And now we have this in our face all the time. The biggest, the biggest thing is to step away from social media all the time. We, we, you, I absolutely, 100%, you have to be there. As a, as a thought leader, you have to be there. That's where you need to be seen. Um, it's a great place to make connections. You know, we met on social media. Yep. I love it. But don't sit there all day just scrolling because your newsfeed isn't reality. And I talk about this all the time. Your newsfeed is an algorithm of things that are popping up. Um, I had a situation, it's actually funny. So my kids are adults. I've just got, I just remarried, um, like we said before. And as soon as I changed my status on Facebook to married, all these ads started coming up for getting pregnant and having babies. I was looking at it, just laughing, going, oh my God, I think I'm a bit old for that. I think, we, you know, we've been there, done that. But at that point, that could have been my reality. You know, that, you know well, it, it was my reality on a screen. So because I'm, I'm very, I know social media very well, I thought I'll just change this because I don't want this in my face. So I just went and jumped on a few travel sites because I knew that they would retarget me and my, my newsfeed changed to travel from babies. But that's a perception of what reality is, right? So the longer you sit there, the more can go in. And you are only seeing people's highlight reels because we do want to put our best foot forward. I don't think there's anything wrong with not wanting to whinge or not putting a picture of us, you know, with our mascara hanging down our face. You know, I don't think that, I don't think we should be doing that, but understand that what we're seeing is the best bits of everyone's life. So just don't, just step away. It's the easiest thing. Step away from social media in that way. Don't take it in and just, just swim in your own lane. Yeah, that's great, great advice. I interviewed a young lady who has been building, <clears throat> excuse me, building a career as an entertainment journalist. She's fantastic. And, and talk about somebody who's done this, you know, on her own. She's just has, has really achieved some really great things in the region. And she talks about how, you know, People see these videos I do, these interviews I do with these big celebrities, and and I'm at all these events. She said, and then I come home, and it's 2 in the morning, and I just want to go to bed, and boo-hoo, and I have to type up all of this, you know, the article, and I I have to get it, and, you know, basically I'm making peanuts here while I'm trying to build this reputation where my stuff would get picked up by a bigger show, and I'd get paid more, and blah, blah, blah. So exactly the point here she's in a fabulous gown meanwhile you know she's she's really got to sit up late at night and do something that you really don't want to do anyway so exactly and no one wants to see that right we don't want to see her you know at that that 2 a.m in the morning so no yeah it it just yeah Swim in your own yeah. lane. Put yeah. your blinkers yeah. on, your blinders, whatever and, it is. Yeah. And, and remember that that's the, I love that, that I just had just written something about that the other day, that you're saying the highlight reel, not somebody's blooper reel. Almost yes. no one shows you the bloopers. It's all that's the, exactly right. the, I'm so fabulous. So what do you think, so somebody says, I'm going to stand out, I'm really going to position myself and differentiate myself, and I'm going to be a thought leader, I'm going to step into mm-hmm. that role. Are there some standard things that thought leaders do that, that folks should look at as they build their own toolbox of the, you know, the credibility items? Are there certain things that thought leaders really are doing that maybe we should all think about doing? Yeah, totally. I've actually got a thought leaders positioning model and it covers three key areas. 
So the first key area is your positioning. So in your positioning, you need to make sure that you've got your message super, super clear. And I call it, um, uh, you know, the post-it note method. If you can't write what you do on a post-it note and it takes multiple post-it notes, then your message isn't clear enough yet. That's so great. you need to get very clear on your message. You need to get very clear on your, I say niche, I know you say niche. <laughs> uh, you need to get very clear on your niche and double down. So when you think you're clear, can you actually double it down even more? Yeah. Uh, because it's very hard to be the go-to expert in your in your niche if it's, you know, millions of other people that are in there. So what? how can you double down even more? Right. And, you know, think about your unique experiences, your talents, um, you know, things that have happened to you in your life. What can you, what can you do that makes that so unique that no one else is doing it? Uh, and the third piece is building your audience because, like I said before, you can't sell to no one. So there's lots of different ways to build that. So that's in the positioning piece. Then the next piece is building your personal profile because as a thought leader, people are going to follow you, your methods, mm -hmm. you know, what it is you stand for. So that's getting very clear uh, on what it is that you actually do so that you can produce content that is totally wrapped around that. Um, I know that, you know, we all know that content is king, but a lot, I see a lot of people writing content that doesn't exactly nail what it is they do and it's just very generalistic content. So as a thought leader, we need to make sure that that's very, very specific. Uh, we need to be very clear on our product offering and that might sound a little strange, but I cannot believe how many people come to me say, I'm not making sales. Cool, tell me about your product. What are you selling? Oh, well, uh, well, you know, uh, uh, and there's this, oh, well, what, do I, what can I buy right now? And they can't just tell me, this, this is my product, this is who it is, this is how much it is, this is the outcome you achieve. So you need to be very clear on your product. Uh, and the third piece has completely gone out of my head. So. <laughs> there you go. You, well, you got just, the blooper reel right there. <laughs> and you'll just have to go to Samantha's website to get the third piece. You will, piece. see? But, you know, I'm sitting here shaking my head and, and amening you on all of this. And as I think about it, that really, all of those pieces are how you really address comparisonitis. Because yes. what you've just outlined is how you stand out. That's the nature of positioning, right? It's how yes. you stand out. And when you can, and I think that we might tell ourselves that we're abundant thinkers, but maybe we're really not. When you really start to recognize that, I call it a slice of a slice. When you carve out this slice for you, everybody else, there's plenty of pie for everybody. I yeah, have totally. this slice right here. And, you know, I think of it as a pizza. And I can have all the toppings that I want, and I can have the craziest toppings I want, and there are other people who are going to come to me just because I'm that slice of that slice. So, as you said, there are things that we do are very similar, but we can be slices right next to each other and there's no need to have that comparisonitis or feel that competition because we're not, we're both clearly unique. Totally. And I remember the third piece in profile, it's your values, which we've already talked about. Which we've already talked about. Seriously, exactly. yeah, yeah. 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 So, so that's the third piece there. And then right. the other key area is exposure. And that's around media, around, you know, sharing your message just like we are now, sharing in a leveraged way. It's about partnerships. Who are you doing joint partners with that you can tap into other people's communities? Um, and the third piece, and this is really important as a thought leader, you need to have be a published author in your unique methodology. These days, it's a really important piece. Yeah. And I did hear someone the other day saying, if you don't want to write a book, you shouldn't write a book. Well, if you want to be a thought leader, you need to write a book. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I, I do think that there are, you know, there are minimum standards that we look at somebody and say, that person is a true expert. And when you look at them, they're quoted, they, yes. they produce this content that is compelling. They, yes. and, and one of those, I think of them as anchor points. One of those anchors is a book that yes. yeah, basically outlines that methodology and and educates people. It's also an entry point for people to to get to know you and then decide, yeah, that makes sense. I, I want to experience more of what he or she has. Yeah. Totally. If you go and look, let's face it, if you hear of someone, the first thing you do these days is Google them, right? 
if you can see straight up that they've got media citations, that they're quoted all the time, that they've got a book, that they've got, you know, quite, quite a good fan base on social media, I don't care what anyone says, you're automatically going to trust that person exactly. more than someone that is not featured, doesn't have a book, yep. and, you know, do, people say fans don't matter. Oh, really? So if you go into someone's Facebook page that has 10,000 fans and someone's that has 200, tell me which person you would go to and look at first. Right. Now tell me how much those numbers matter, you know. Yeah, exactly. I have a great example of a friend of mine, John Cody. John wrote a couple of books. He started to speak. He goes to an event. He starts a podcast. He produces the podcast. He has the books. He's speaking. He gets the attention of yes. the country of Belize. Wow. They have, they have hired him. Wow. Some big grand poobah of something. <laughs> and, and, and he said, you know, I don't even carry business cards. I don't do anything. I would tell people, find me on Amazon. Do you reckon Tony Robbins has business cards? Seriously. Exactly. So <laughs> I don't think so. That's the power of, of that kind of positioning and really using the, that content very strategically and because people are going to, they're going to search on Amazon for the experts because the experts have a book. So if you want to speak, well, you've got to have a book. You do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Must do. Okay, so let's talk about these courageous actions that are really necessary in all of what we've been describing. There are eight of them, eight of these strategic actions. So I'm going to buzz through each one and we'll, we'll see, we'll get your thoughts on them. So yep. first obviously is marketing, right? Marketing feels really icky for some people. It, um, especially for those people who come from corporate and are used to playing a supporting role, right? Who are used yes. to behind the scenes people. So what do you think, what tip can you share to help them feel better about marketing themselves? Yeah. I think the number one tip is understand your ideal client and understand what their biggest problems are and how you can solve them. So instead of going out, I think a lot of people think marketing is buy my thing. It's not. It's explaining if you've got this problem, would you like my help with it? This is how I can help. And then you're going from buy my thing mentality to how can I, how can I help? How can I serve? And that's what marketing should be. So it's, it's that simple. You need to know exactly who your ideal client is what their problems are, and how you can help them solve it. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Now, we all love the work we do, but of course, as you just indicated, we really don't love the getting the clients thing, right? Yeah. Which is really what, what, yeah. what marketing is all about. So how does a, a thought leader then get past that icky sales thing? Yeah, again, I think this is exactly the same. It's taking your prospects through a story of, where are you now? Yeah. Where do you want to be? And let's put a plan in place to get you from A to B. That's all sales is. It's Again, it's not buy my thing. It's about let's put a plan in place and how can we make this happen? And as thought leaders, when we tap into that and come from a place of service, all of a sudden, if we didn't make that sale, we're doing a disservice to that person by not helping overcome their problem. Yeah, I agree. Amen. Yeah. So, okay, we've done marketing, selling. Next is fulfilling. Right. Uh -huh. So we're, we're all told that we've got to over under promise and over deliver. Right. But it really, at some point, sometimes you can be a doormat. Right. If you uh -huh. if you're over delivering to that extreme. So how do you manage to balance that? I actually, I'm going to make a stand here and say I actually really don't like that saying of under promise and over deliver. I don't like it. Yeah. The reason I don't is I think it's exhausting. And so it's not sustainable. It's not. And think about that client that you just can't, it's like you're dragging them. You know, you can take a, a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. And there are some clients that it's like, come on, like I have the solution. I think it's like you don't over deliver because you're using so much energy going to that person. They need to come to you. So it's like, are you going to meet me halfway? And it, sometimes you need to be that open, you know, are you willing to meet me halfway because I can help you, but while you're over there, I can't help you. You're out there on your own. Right. Um, and a really great way to get around this is to be very clear about this in your onboarding process. So 
in my onboarding process, the very, very, very first thing that happens is I've got a document um, and it's, a, a, it's, it's called the Black Diamond Promise. Black Diamond's my, my mastermind. Uh, and we go, I've got two columns. One is what I promise to you. And it's about, it's about all of those things. I promise to you know, stay up with the latest marketing tactics. I promise to blah, blah, blah. My bottom promise is I'm only human. I know that sometimes I get things wrong. I promise to make them right as soon as I can. And we have a discussion about this. And then on the other side, there's, and you will promise, and there's a, a, a small list of things. I promise that I will pay on time. I promise that I will refer clients to you. So we actually get very, very clear on that before we even go into our very first coaching call. And I think that that's just setting the, setting the benchmark of what our relationship looks like moving forward. So I think that's you know, a really, really great way to make sure that everyone's on the same page. Yeah, that's outstanding. And, you know, I, I'm going to have to try and search for this, but I actually read an article that was a study that said clients just want you to say what you're going to do and do it. They don't yeah. want this whole game playing of, you know, I'm going to give you whatever. They just want you to do what you say. Yeah. How okay. often do we hold ourselves back because we're afraid of doing something wrong? And how different right. would it be if you just say to your clients, guess what, I'm going to get it wrong sometimes. When I do it, please tell me and I'll make it right as quickly as possible. Imagine how different that conversation then yeah. becomes. Yeah. It makes it so easy because you're not, you're not afraid of taking the next step in case it's wrong. You're just taking that step. You're moving along quickly. And, and if something it. happens, you just fix it. Yeah. There's no icky feeling about it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's really brilliant. Okay, so now we're, we're into creating. So what do you think, and, and I'm, maybe we've already answered this, what do you think is the most important type of content for us to create as thought leaders? What puts you in the spotlight in the best possible way? There's so many different ways to create content. There's right. video, there's audio, there's written, and you know, in that there's so much. Start with what feels easiest and then open up to the rest because if we really do want to be positioned as thought leaders we, we do need all the things but start right. off with your genius zone first and then uh, and then move forward with that so you know that the, the key piece in content creation is be very very clear again on what your ideal like what it is that you do your genius zone and just talk about that yeah just talk about that yeah yeah, yeah. great Okay, next is managing, right? The business end of business. So there are so many facets to managing a business as you grow it. Now that you've been in business 25 years, is there something that you can look back on and say, I wish I had paid more attention to this in, in the whole managing piece? Probably not more attention, but what I wish I had have understood a little bit earlier was the importance of systems and frameworks. I'm a massive, everything I do is systems and frameworks. And I, I often laugh at my clients if they're, you know, in, in, when there's anyone around, they'll go, Sam's got a system for that. Sam's got a framework for that. And if I don't, I'll create one in the next 10 minutes. Because yeah. that's the only way that we can grow our business. And, you know, I came from a McDonald's background. So I, I, my very first job was McDonald's. I understood systems, but I didn't realize early enough how those systems then, um, how I replicated those systems in my business. Once I got that, um, and we're talking back in 19, you know, 96, 97, we grew our business from 500,000 to a million in six months. And it was wow. purely because at that time we went, what needs to happen? And I went, you know what it is? It's systems. The staff are getting things wrong. And right. from that point, we implemented systems in our business and in, in my business now, I think I've even got more systems. I have systems and frameworks for everything. Yeah. 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 They really do set you free and they set other people up for success. 100% all of that. Yeah. 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 So next is growing. As the business grows, of course, we need to grow as people yeah. and as professionals. So is there one area that you would like to grow in? If the place that you are right now? Me right now, wow. I am, growth is again one of my core values. So I, you know, if we look at the wheel of life, for example, we've got relationships and health and wealth and, you know, our business or our career, we've got all of these different things. 
I have coaches in all of the areas and I have had for probably the last five years and I will continue because my, my business is just an extension of who I am. So I want to make sure that I've got the best marriage possible. I want to make sure that, um, you know, that I'm setting my, myself up from financial security. You know, I want to look after my wealth, not just for now, but in the future. Uh, I want to be the health-wise the best I can be so that I can be the best in my business. So is there an area? No. Will I continue to grow? 100%. Yeah. So it's 100%. really just that total that total person that you are and, and that yeah. self-awareness and constantly, you know, that continuous improvement that we all talk about. Right? Totally. Yeah. 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 All right. So last but by no means least, we know that living, obviously, this is what we're doing this for, right? So what is one of your best practices to make sure you're building a life in addition to building a business? Oh my goodness, I didn't know you were going to ask this, but this is the most perfect question <laughs> because what I'm about is creating a business and a life you love. Your business, like I just said, is an extension, but why are you actually doing this? When you look back, do you want your life to be just about business? The reason this is so important to me is because in my first business, it was just about the business and I loved it but I was very unfulfilled in lots of other areas of my life. So back in 2010, when I separated from my husband, we'd been married for 20 years, I went, okay, I could, you know, roll up in a ball, rock in a corner about this, or I could see this as an opportunity. What, what is this teaching me? And what I took out of that experience that happened and, and grew over many years, it wasn't just an instantaneous thing, was that this was a clearing for me to build my life back up and my business back up in a way that suited me. So I looked at my, again, looked at my core values. I know love, freedom, beauty are my top three values. So if I make sure that every single day I've touched those three core values, then I'm, you know, giving the best I can. So I'm, I need to make sure that I'm traveling all the time or I go out and walk every single day. Every single day I start my day outside. That's the freedom, you know, it's the, the health, it's the, the mental clarity, it's all of that. Uh, I like beautiful things. My home is beautiful. My balcony is beautiful. You know, if we go out for dinner, it's to beautiful restaurants. I need to make sure I've got people around me all the time. I'm not an introvert. I am an extrovert. So I need to make sure that I'm surrounded by those people. So it's about making sure that my core values are being utilized or I'm tapping into them every single day. And it really is about creating a whole life that I love. Yeah, outstanding. Sam, I could go on for hours. This is so <laughs> fascinating. We, we're, we're so connected on so many points. But everybody will be happy to know we won't. So <laughs> let everybody know exactly what it is that you do and who you work with best. And where can they go to learn more about you? Yeah, beautiful. So I work with thought leaders and experts, just as we've been talking about today, to help them to really position themselves as the, the go-to thought leader in their industry. I help them to build their profile and get more exposure and put all of this together so that they grow their business. Because there's a lot of people out there that are doing these things and still not growing. So I help them to really roll that out, double their income, double their freedom and double their impact. Because I believe as thought leaders, that's what we're here to do. We're here to create a global impact. Uh, so you can find out more about me and what I do um, at samantharily.global. I've got a free thought leaders positioning checklist there, which is the top five things that you need to do right at the beginning to position yourself. Um, so you can get that at samantharily.global forward slash checklist. And at the end, there's a little button that you can click if you'd like to have a chat with me and put together your thought leader accelerated discovery plan. Then uh, click that. Let's jump on a call and see how I can help. Outstanding. Outstanding. Fabulous talking to you. Thank you so much for spending all this time with us and I wish you continued success. Absolutely. And Winnie, thank you. This is one of the best interviews. You ask brilliant questions. Thank you. <laughs> all right. I hope you found that useful and interesting. If you like this episode, please share it with your connections and please leave a great review for it on the platform where you've consumed it. And be sure to subscribe either on that specific platform like iTunes, iHeartRadio, in the Google Play Store, or you can subscribe to the video version on my YouTube channel 
but when you subscribe on my website at winnieanderson.com slash fans, you'll get episodes emailed to you each week along with information, tips, and resources to help you come out of hiding, get your message out in a more powerful way, and achieve your business goals so you can profit from your expertise. And if you're an introverted, mission-driven entrepreneur ready to take your expertise-centered business to the next level of success and you'd like to be part of a community of like-minded and like-personality solo professionals and get free information, tips, resources from me, as well as free training, then please join my group, The Courageous Entrepreneur Lab, at winnieanderson.com slash join the lab. All right, so your cocktail exercise otherwise known as a reflection exercise. No alcohol needs to be involved. Don't drink and drive and don't overindulge. All right, so I want you to ask yourself if you're really ready to step up and stand out as a clear leader in your industry and to your audience. Are you engaging in high value, high return activities or are you playing it safe? Are you playing to win? Or are you playing not to lose? All right, so now your action step. Like most of the time, this is really technically more than one step, but you get it. All right, so I want you to start tuning in to the experts you follow and pay attention to how they communicate their expertise. What do they do that says thought leader to you? You know, what makes you follow them? Are they challenging the status quo? Are they producing specific types of content that address a specific type of problem that a specific audience segment has? Do they do certain things? Do they produce certain types of content? Next, I want you to take stock of what you're doing to build your brand and market your offerings. Remember, your brand isn't just a logo. It's not a color palette. Your brand is really that conversation that you leave people with. It's the reputation that you build and it's what you want to be known for. Are you inspiring followership? Are you getting people to connect with you, to like your business page, to follow and watch your videos if you produce them? Or, or and are you acting as a leader, right? Or are you just one of the mass of other people in your segment? You can get the worksheet for this episode at my website at winnieanderson.com slash thought leader. And the worksheet includes some of the key points from this episode, as well as the reflection exercise, the action steps. And I've included my criteria for thought leadership and achieving true expert status. Now, if you're an introverted solo professional or someone with introverted leanings and you're ready to get support to reach your business development goals as part of a community of like-minded and like-personality professionals, then head over to winnieanderson.com slash join the lab and join my Facebook group, The Courageous Entrepreneur Lab. Thanks for listening, and remember, you deserve all the success you dream of.